It's time for the Plant Doctor segment on Real World Garden. On the line, I've got Steve McGrain, who's a horticulturalist and agriculturalist. How are you today, Steve? Oh, I'm just fantastic, actually. What about yourself? Oh, good, thanks. Now, we're going to talk about something which I'm not terribly familiar with, but, but you are, so you're going to be taking the lead on this, and that's about molds molds which kill plants. <laughs> <laughs> don't we love molds? No, we no. don't, do we? We hate molds. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're all probably familiar with the black mold that we get in the house, and and we know that's not healthy for us. But there are a lot of other molds that um, live in that wonderful biological world, and especially in our garden, that actually are very, very useful. And there's one or two which, again, uh, aren't too good for us. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about a few of those different ones that. that uh, we might find. Now it's funny that you classify things as moulds because I always thought some of those things were, I don't know, maybe fungus, but they're not, are they? Well, that's a funny, yeah, and this is more of a technical thing, but there, there is a, uh, the class is called uh, fungi, but within fungi there are protista and there are fungus. And they are two different things. So they, they, they go under this umbrella of fungi. But the protista have the molds, and they particularly have the, a very interesting group called the slime molds. So, I don't know if you've ever seen any of those. Well, I don't know. Slime molds I associate with ponds. Yes. And, and uh, look, they're not actually uh, – most of the time the slime molds aren't. They're actually out in the open. Even on your grass, they grow on grass. But – I've noticed that they'll grow on old timber and the like, and a lot of people look at them and they've probably seen them before but wondered, what the hell is that? They're usually brightly coloured. They look a bit like, uh, I suppose, they're not a shape like a mushroom. They look as though they should be a mushroom, but but in fact they're not. And uh, they are often in brilliant colours from reds and very, very vivid greens as well and even purples. And they're smallish. No, no, usually no bigger than a 20-cent piece in terms – and they're a group of these little things together. And they're called slime moulds, and they're very often in the garden, and they actually do us a lot of good. Now, would these slime moulds, say if they were on your lawn, would they be in a shady, moist spot? Uh, yes, they tend to be in t- more t- – you know, it depends on where you live on the planet. So for argument's sake, if you lived further south – uh, in Australia, then you would be more likely to see them pretty well out in the open. But if you're up in a more warmer climate where your winters are, are very mild, then things like uh, dog vomit, um, protista, <laughs> slime mold as it's called, <laughs> aptly names, there's a little yellow one that you'll often see around. And I'm, I'm damn sure most people would have seen it, but perhaps they've not really recognised what it is. So drawing their attention to it now, when you see these things around, you think, what is that? It's quite possibly a slime mould. Now, are the slime moulds, like the name, slimy? If you touch no. Them? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're actually beautiful. And in some cases, they're, they're works of art. Um, there are ones that are known as uh, chocolate slime moulds and there's wolf milk, uh, which is a little uh, a bubble, if you like. So it's not actually easy to, to discern that they all belong to the same group. They can look very different. Uh, 
but all of them fall into this this same group. So there's nothing distinguishing about them that you would actually say like you would with fungi. There's toadstools, um, you know, they have they have a, a little top on them and 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 a, and a toadstool itself. But not in the case of slime molds. They can be a variant of shapes and textures. So that's what makes them sometimes a little bit little bit different for the average person to identify. Yeah. So. When you started talking, I thought, oh, yeah, I think I've seen one, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I urge you to get onto the internet and have a look because I think you'll be amazed by how beautiful they are for a start. And then if you get to see one, you'll really understand what I mean about the vivid colours and the amazing textures which they have. Sometimes they look like nothing and you just think, it's what's that? It's part of something else, but it is actually the full slime mould. That's it. Um, and they're around at this time of the year. So that's why we're sort of talking about that this subject uh, now. Right. I am actually looking at images on the internet. They seem to be coming up with bright yellow ones. And mm. uh, I guess that's because it's yep. northern hemisphere. You can get brown. Yeah, Norman's hemisphere is, is more typical of where they are. But we do have them in Australia, as I said. And I, I've seen them anywhere from uh, southern Australia right up to, um, you know, tropical Australia. So... It just has to have that right climate, um, a little bit of a cold area, and that's when they do their best uh, this time of the year. And what are they actually doing? Yes, well, that's a good question. They're very useful. Their main job is to break down their saprophytic-type uh, uh, organisms. In other words, that they absorb decaying matter or they actually break it down with chemical processes themselves. So from... Uh, our point of view as gardeners, they are essential to a bit like fungi, which are an incredibly useful plant um, or organism, because what they do is they break down materials, and unlike things like bacteria, which usually consume or gas off a lot of the benefits that we may otherwise use, uh, these guys, the moulds, and also uh, things like uh, fungi, use only there's almost high percentage let's say it's around about 80 percent of what they produce is then available to the plants to use as well and they provide a lot of nutrients as well as uh, a mucus which goes back into the soil and gives us a structure in the soil as well so highly useful in the garden so if you don't have them in the garden how do you encourage them to come to your garden. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and that's a good point. So you're going to find they are in areas where things haven't been disturbed for a while. So, you know, if we're a, a constant gardener, you know, we're always turning the mulch or we're, we're always adding things, that's probably not going to be a garden which they will, um, you know, do well in. However, things like the dog, uh, the dog vomit mould or dog vomit uh, slime moulds, they will just float in the air and um, they will just set themselves around on any space. But typically if you want them to be in your garden, and this is a good rule of thumb for fungi as well because they're so useful to us in, in the plant world, we have, need to do, try not to disturb our gardens as much. So we used to do this whole thing that in you know winter we'd dig everything up and then we'd be putting stuff back. Now we're doing this limited tillage as we've probably all been hearing about and that is very useful to these little molds and also to fungis for actually surviving in our environments all right uh, i agree with you there you certainly have been told not to do the 
deep digging and turning over soil. Once again, Steve, great chatting with you. So that was part one of slime moulds. Next week, we're getting into the bad slime moulds. Anyway, it's great chatting with you and catching up with you, Steve. Uh, Talk soon. Always fun. (laughs) 